realtor trying to navigate an ever-changing market, or maybe a regular Joe Schmo wanting to be in the know, we've got you covered. Welcome to Conversations with Kim, where we solve everyday real estate problems one conversation at a time. I'm Kim Miner, principal broker and owner of Remax Real Estate Results in Bentonville, Arkansas. And I'm Lauren McCloy, realtor and resident question queen. All right, welcome to this week's edition of Conversations with Kim. This week, we're going to get into the new construction or the building business. And I uh, know a little bit about this. I'm also a builder as well as a real estate broker and owner. So I can give a little bit perspective on uh, each side. She does all. I don't know about that, but these two things, these two things I love doing. (laughs) All right. So new construction. So let's kind of take, um, let's take the approach first as um, a real estate agent. Let's kind of go down that road because it'll lead into Mm -hmm. what happens on the other side and a a builder's perspective on some of these things. So you, you know, you have a buyer come to you and after, you know, going through the, the conversation of what's for you and what do you want, they decide they new construction. Mm-hmm. They want to they want to build a house. So there's different ways to approach this, whether you're buying a spec home that's new construction from a builder that's already on the market, or maybe you've gone out and found by driving around neighborhoods and found something out there, or or they really want to start the process from the beginning and build a custom home. That's mm-hmm. There's kind of two different things on that. And of course, the first thing you need to do is make sure the buyers understand the process and, and who does what, when, where, why, and how. And, and the sad part about it is there's no standard mm-hmm. set of rules for buyers for this. You know, unfortunately, every builder does it differently. Um, so that makes it a little more difficult. Um, and it comes with a lot of experience. And, and there are some designations out there that agents can get on new construction that can really help you with um, the language and the things that happen and the timetables and kind of the process of what it is. So you have a little more knowledge than just the average real estate agents who's out there. So definitely take some time. You know, there's there's stuff on the National Association of Realtors or you may even look on your franchise and see what kind of education you can get. If you really want to dive into and represent builders and help builders sell their homes, you really probably need to take one of those designations or educational classes to make sure you can, you know, talk the talk and walk the walk. Yeah. One, of, um, one of my first, one of my very first uh, transactions was what's a new build. Actually, it was my very, very first. Oh, wow. And so welcome to real estate. I know. Um, <laughs> and, and it was just kind of like, I was asking a million questions to everyone. I was like, I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't but they, well, it was cool. Cause on the other side, like they actually were really helpful in explaining Good. A lot of the things I'm that glad they were. I should have been, you know, they, <laughs> you should have known probably yeah, or like at least had, had a source to, right. you know, let me know these things. But I mean, it was, it was all a great learning experience, but it was totally different from, mm-hmm. it, of course, any other, any other transaction. It is, you know, they are, they're they're They are unique. Um, it's definitely something that's, that's unique and it's not the same. So if you've never done one and you find yourself in that situation, find you a good mentor, or you hope the builder or the agent on the other side representing the builder is going to help you. Unfortunately, a lot of times they don't because they're usually extremely experienced and usually all they do is work for a builder. And obviously depending on what size the builder is, um, you know, we are considered a small builder. Um, we do anywhere from 20 to 50 houses a year, just depending on um, where we're at in the subdivision, but in resource availability. Yeah. Well, that's a whole nother, we'll get down that road here in a little while when we get on timing. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that, but you know, we, we're considered a small builder, you know, some of these larger builders who are, and a lot of them, you know, those are usually the spec homes or the you know, stock houses that they're, they're one right after the other. They're exactly the same. They're all the same thing. You know, that's a different, that's a different transaction than a custom build. That's a different transaction than with a small builder who um, is only doing a few houses a year. You know, it, the, the conversations usually end up being with the builder when, when they're like our size, you're actually talking to the builder or you're not talking through an agent. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. yes, we're all, we actually, all of us are licensed, but you know, you're not different talking, process. it's a different process, right? Um, so you really hope that it is. So your buyer, you know, wants new construction. So you need to, you know, obviously plan and, and they need to understand you know, the ins and outs of that new construction and how it is. Like, it's, you know, a spec home is usually pretty easy because the house is usually pretty much done by the time you get to go see it or you're writing a contract on it. Um, for the most part, I know in this last couple of years, it's made a difference. A lot of builders now are not listing the home for sale or even offering it for sale until they get to a certain point of it being finished. Obviously, because of the the, the cost of goods keep going up and down and up and down and up and down. And, it, you know, just the other day, I, I got two letters from the brick company and the concrete company. They're both going up again. So bricks and concrete are going up. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's a lot of it has to do with fuel. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of this, you got to think those two things are extremely heavy. Mm-hmm. So the delivery of those, it, you know, is different. And that's kind of the same thing too. You know, your prices of lumber, obviously lumber is goes up and down and up and down all the time. Now it has, it's fluctuate 
it's fluctuated extremely to the extreme in these last couple of years. Um, but it's the same thing too. It's super heavy to deliver. You know, those things mm-hmm. that are like that are typically when fuel goes up, you're going to end up with fuel surge charges, or they're just going to raise their prices period. And the sad part about it is they raise their prices. They're not going back down. Mm-hmm. Right. Those things typically don't go back down. Um, right. It's like with the, with the, uh, lumber prices going up, I feel like a lot more people were, were using, concrete and uh, different sources of mm-hmm. um, of building yep. you know that then metal steel all concrete of, yeah became different yeah when lumber did that people started looking at that and then, then the steel companies are mm-hmm. then now behind because everybody switched over and started right. doing that so i mean it, you know everything everything it's cause and effect yeah it, it yeah. happens you know in life It'll balance back out you know i guess on some oh, on some I level so. I, I guess so. it keeps moving it does, say that. there you go it does keep moving <laughs> and it also depends on what you're doing i mean i you know where we are here, yes, this is the home of Walmart. Guess what? They're building their new home office. And for a while, they took all the concrete, which means each builder only got so many pours a week. So if you had 10 houses ready to go, and if you only get two pours a week, how how long do you think it's going to take to get those done? I have 10. That's I mean, well, so some of these, you're sitting there a month with nothing being done. And of course, if you have a buyer on the other side as a builder, like nothing's happening in my house in a week. I'm like, right. I have to have a driveway. I can't go any farther without a driveway. I can't mm-hmm. do anything without a driveway. Well, if you can't get a driveway because I get two pours a week and we, you know, we yeah. keep them in order yes. of which they went under contract. We're trying to keep everybody happy. <laughs> also at work. Also order of operation when it comes yeah. to building. And like, you can't, like you said, you can't, can't skip something. You, yeah. You yeah. can't do this and then come back to that. You've got no. to get that done before. You, yeah. And there are some things you can do. I mean, like yeah. we can have it up to, but I am not putting carpet in a house until I have a driveway. You want to know why people walk through the mud and then they walk in the house all over the carpet and then it's either ruined or you have to pay to get it clean. Yeah. Why? You know, it just, you're spending more money and spending your wheels getting things done. And that's what I know buyers get frustrated when they don't see things getting Mm -hmm. done at their home at certain times. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is that everything has an order and with a, and this is why there's more spec homes and there are custom homes is that when the buyer picks out things that I have to wait for, Mm -hmm. if that house gets out of order in its line of where it is, you Mm -hmm. know, with the electricians and the plumbers and all the people who show up, if I'm waiting on something and I can't do, you know, can't do this before I can do that. If I have to wait and it gets out of order, I have to put you in line behind somebody else Mm -hmm. As we move down, the, so it just, it, it throws everything off. And so this is why I think a lot of, build, and funny enough, some longtime builders in our area have actually stopped completely building custom homes. And that's all they were, were custom home builders. And they were very good, long-term, fantastic builders. And they're like, nope, I'm done because I'm tired of, I'm, I'm, it's just too hard. It's too hard trying to make, because you're trying to make somebody happy. You're building their home. Mm-hmm. It's, it should be a fun, you know, it should be a fun, exciting experience, not, you know, dread every time they walk by or drive by or walk into the house and nothing's been done and they want to call and complain. And like you were saying, in, with the price fluctuating of the materials mm-hmm. and of things like that for the custom homes and whatnot, you're, we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Too. When you, when you get down to that, like I said, you, if I, if I priced a home at this price and then, you know, and I go under contract at that price and all this stuff fluctuates in the middle and in between it comes off of my profit. I can't change the price of the contract, uh, you know, and then that's, uh, and that's the, the kind of the negative of, of, of building a custom home and putting it as a, you know, as the builder and the builder setting a price and the buyer buying it at the end. But a lot of custom um, home builders do though, is that they have the buyer buy the lot and the buyer gets the construction loan in the buyer's name and they pay cost plus a percentage. Um, so the buyer pays cost plus. So it doesn't matter what they pick or how long it takes or what, excuse me, or what they do. It actually ends up being, you know, whatever your cost is plus a certain percentage. And that percentage is my profit for doing my job of building the house. And, you know, that's the way to keep the builder protected, but the buyer, and, and funny enough, it really will end up being cheaper in the end, because if you make me estimate and take the risk of that fluctuating prices of things, I'm going to estimate high. Of course. And I, well, I am because I mean, what happens and it, and it happened. I mean, it happened to us during the pandemic, right before everything hit and we started not being able to get anything and, and, and not be able to get anybody to work. It was, we had things under contract. And by the time it's closed this year, 
because it took us about a year and a half for some of the stuff because we couldn't get windows and couldn't get doors and you can't do anything on the inside of a house until you have windows and doors, by the way. <laughs> oh, so true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's not so like you're putting sheetrock in, right? right? I mean, you got to wait. You got to oh, have windows and doors. And stuff yeah. and mess, yeah. You can't put your insulation, your sheetrock in with no windows and doors. Didn't you can't anyway. You can't brick the outside of it because there's no window there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of things you can't do. Well, you, you can't get windows and doors. We had things that set there. Well, we had things that set there for so long. I mean, I said we had one that closed and we made zero dollars on. It I mean, thank God I didn't lose money, but I didn't make any money for years worth of work or a year mm-hmm. and a half worth of work. So, I mean, there's mm-hmm. things that happen, you know, and why a lot of these builders are getting out of the business or only doing spec homes. Um, you know, and funny enough, it, it you know, as a buyer, and it, and it depends on obviously where you're at in the spectrum of your home buying, you know, stages. I mean, everybody wants to go out and buy, you know, build a custom home because they have to pick out everything and it's so exciting and it's fun. And for some people, for some people, by the way, it's a nightmare. Um, they can't make a decision or they're worried about it's not going to look good. So, there are some that are a lot of fun to work with. And there are mm-hmm. some that's like, Oh my gosh, we're never going to get there. It's like changing um, their mind constantly. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. And it will end up costing more money. Those are the kind of people you want on cost plus because every time they change your mind, you're charging them a fee. Um, and that sounds terrible, but it's true. I mean, you gotta, you know, you have to be decisive. You have to make decisions to get mm-hmm. the process to move along. You're still accommodating them on in, in their position. Mm-hmm. So whether that's the type of person they are or not, you're, that's what accommodating them looks like. It's just going to cost, gonna cost more. more money. Exactly. It's going to cost them more money. But going back to, you know, most, you're going to probably end up with spec homes because everybody wants, everybody wants that custom home. But obviously, you know, first time home buyers, you know, aren't building a custom mm-hmm. home. Um, and that's, those are usually ones that ends up in the stock houses and the, you know, and in the individual, I mean, I had, it was one of mine. I mean, I had a subdivision that the one builder was going through and building all the same house. It was my first house that I purchased, um, you know, was one of those. And it was great. I got to pick funny enough, my wallpaper. Um, yes, wallpaper was super, you know, super, I think it's coming back actually funny enough. We've had some people ask us about wallpaper. I'm like, I don't even know a wallpaper installer. Nope. You can do, <laughs> you can do that afterwards. Thanks. Oh, can you get that uh, other places besides Walmart? And <laughs> I don't know, but, but anyway, but I mean, I got to pick out my paint and my, in my paint colors. I think I got to pick out I, at that point it was linoleum flooring. We didn't mm-hmm. do tile on the floors and the bathrooms in the kitchen. Um, so, I mean, you know, I got to pick out a couple of things and I think that's what it's going to come down to at this point is building is going to get to a certain point and go, okay, look, you can pick out your paint color, you know, your, you know, do you want, you know, what color do you want your fixtures to be? What, you know, what color do you, here's three choices are your tile. Here's three choices for your trip, you know, whatever it happens to be. Uh-huh. And then, believe it or not, those big stock builders or those big, huge builders, they buy stuff in bulk, you know? And so they, they do, you know, they have two or three sets of colors and two or three sets of, of choices and you go mm-hmm. in and pick those out. And those builders are doing really well because they, they bought in bulk and a lot of them, they yeah. were prepared. Um, but what happened is they built out what they had in stock and stored and yeah. then they had to order new Well, we couldn't get it. So there was a lag in those two and it's, and it's happened. Yeah. I mean, I've several of the agents in the office have complained about some of the builders, the stock builders here that same thing. It was a, you know, we've been under contract for a year, year and a half and the house still isn't finished. Yeah. I'm like, well, I understand the problem. Um, I don't know what to tell you. And that's, and that was the sad part about the buyers is, you know, and that's the other thing too, that also just happened. The interest rates went up. Mm. So we had people who were under contract at a certain, you know, at a certain price and they knew what their payment was going to be. Well, the interest rate, you can't lock a loan, right? Typically you get Mm. 90 to 120 days, depending on your, sometimes Mm. it's 60. Obviously that's one of those lender questions, please make sure. And this is one of those things you, as an agent, you got to make sure the buyer understands Mm. when you go under contract to build a custom house, or even if it's a spec house and it's not going to be done for three or six months, you know, you can't lock your rate. So these people who were under contract a year, year and a half ago who aren't closed yet, mm-hmm. their rates probably doubled mm-hmm. from the time that they quoted it to know that they qualified to the point of where we're going to close. Oh, yeah. And and the sad part about it is, is yes, it's added a lot to your payment. Um, I mean, where we are, I'm thankful. And, and the range, we're at the mid range. We're kind of a mid range builder. Um, you know, everybody still qualifies. So it wasn't the issue of people not qualifying and being able to buy the house, but I know on the lower end of the spectrum, you know, anything here was about two, two fifty. We had a bunch of buyers that were first time home buyers and mm-hmm. they did not qualify once the rates, you know, once the rates doubled. And so then, mm-hmm. you know, that's the sad part about it is the buyer needs to understand that's part of the process. It's a, and it's a risk. It, it, it's and, a risk being a, a new buyer or whatever is, is that specifically is that while you're waiting mm-hmm. for that home to be built, uh-huh. you know, it's not a guarantee that you're qualify for that home. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one. Qualify or what your payment's going to be. Right. 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 I mean, that's, and that's where it is. Just to mean, just because you can't afford it doesn't mean you should. Right. right. Um, yeah. Cause it's interesting how much like the difference in the payments for, of mm-hmm. like a $250,000 uh-huh. house right now, yep. as opposed to a year ago. Yeah. I, it's a big difference. It's a big jump. 
It's it a is. big jump. And that's what's set up. That's pushed a lot of people out of the market, unfortunately. Um, but here's, you know, the bright side on the builder side of it, if you want to, you know, and I'd take, take my realtor hat off and put it over here or my broker hat off and put it over here and put my builder hat on. I was like, well, if you don't qualify, great. I'm going to sell that house for more. Mm-hmm. I'm just now going to make the same profit I normally would versus when I went under contract at 250, the house is really now 325 and I, I'm still building it and selling it to you for 250. So mm-hmm. I'm not making any of that money. Right. So the sad, and that's, and that's the sad, and the, but the buyer needs to understand that is that that's the, that's the benefit of a builder on that side. If the builder's going to take the risk mm-hmm. and get the loan and build the house, if you don't close at the end, they'll be like, woohoo, great. I can mm-hmm. sell it for more because houses are appreciating. And that's the problem with, you know, used to, we could get a house done. We build anywhere between 22 and, you know, 3,500 square feet. And we could usually get it done six to eight months. We're a year, year and a half. And it's mm-hmm. strictly because we can't get supplies and we there's not enough labor. There's not enough subs out there to do the work. So we just had to sit and wait for the plumber, the electrician, the trim, the insulation, the HVAC. And that's the other thing too. We can't get HVACs. I mean, they're, you know, the systems because of all the components that go into them, sit and wait. They're only, you know, they only come out so many out of the, you know, out of the deal. And that goes back to, you only get so many per builder. You know, mm-hmm. when you go to these HVAC companies, they only do so many per builder. And it's obviously their customers who've been with them a long time who mm-hmm. are doing business. Which, oh, just use somebody else. That's not the way it works. And that's mm-hmm. what, and I've and even had like right now, some of the customs that have been taken a while, like, I don't understand. We just call another painter. And we had one, I'm like, you call a painter, but I'm not fixing their mistakes. I am not guaranteeing their work. Mm-hmm. I am not, you know, mm-hmm. and here's the thing. If they're not insured, you're paying them out of your pocket because I'm not paying for their, their insurance. Cause if you, as a builder, if you use a sub that doesn't have workers comp insurance, the builder has to pay it. Mm-hmm. And so it has to pay the liability part of it on that side of it. And so, you know, she's like, I don't, I don't understand why you have to wait for your painter. And I'm like, because my painter, I know what his work looks like. He will guarantee it and come back if anything's wrong or fix it later. Mm-hmm. I know he'll come back, you know, and, and do your touch-ups after you move in. Whereas you go off and pick some Joe Schmo that can get into your house right now. If he can come paint your house right now, there's probably a problem. He either doesn't have any work, is brand new, is crap. You know, I don't know, but I'm not taking that risk. I'm not taking that risk. Right. I have the subs that I know that guarantee my work and take care of it and will take care of you in your year's builder warranty that we offer you. Anything happens from the time you buy it for a whole entire year, we will come back because we all guarantee my subs all guarantee their work and what happens. Um, So it's not just going out and picking somebody who can show up. And being able to do that. So, you know, all these builders have gotten out of doing the custom homes because of all these things we just talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes down to that spec house and being able to do that. But buyers, you know, the same thing. They need to understand the lending process is a little bit different on new construction. And they really need to, this is where knowing who your lender is and knowing what options they have. Because if you did qualify a year ago and at a certain program and you knew what your payment was going to be, and now it's a year later or a year and a half later, and you're rate has changed. Are there different options? Can you, or even same thing too, like people were, you know, before, cause every time, you know, the Fed starts talking about raising the rate, raising the rate, everybody's like, I want to lock, I want to lock, I want to lock. And like, I, I can't guarantee your house is going to be done in 60 to 90 days, mm-hmm. especially like right now in the spring and the fall, it's super terrible because it rains all the freaking mm-hmm. time here. And that's here. And it obviously you have to depend on where you are and what your weather is. Or if you have a winter, that's super terrible. You know, I mean like right now we have six or eight houses waiting on sod. Well, it's rained the last two weeks. Every time it rains, you don't get sod because you can't go out and cut sod in a muddy field. You know, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't get it up. You can't roll it up. So you sit and wait till it dries out enough to be able to cut sod and do it. And that's again, that's also too, the builder needs to know, well, you'll under escrow in the end. If I can't get sod, you know, like, and it's ours, we don't finish the front of our fences because then you can't get the, you can't get the, um, the little machine they use to take the sod back um, mm-hmm. and put it on the yard. They can't get it through the gate because the gate, you know, if you only have a four foot gate, it won't go through mm-hmm. there. So we don't put the front of the fences on right. so that they can get this, they can get it back there and put the sod in with a little machine versus having to hand carry it, which by the way, the labor becomes like triple when you do that. Yeah. Um, Cause they have to wheelbarrow it back there. Yeah. Um, okay. And so exactly. So we don't put the, so will your lender allow you to escrow for the fence right. in the yard at the end? If we're sitting here waiting, cause every, every week it rains. Right we're waiting another week for sod and and it just, you know, you keep getting backed up and backed up and backed up. And it's just, it, everybody thinks the building side is super easy. You just make a whole lot of money. Uh It's not, it's like a, it's like a, it's a, lot it's like of a game parts. of whack-a-mole. Yeah, yeah, it really is like a game of whack-a-mole. And you're constantly, which one's the next one to pop up and yeah. which one am I going to whack? Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> it's terrible. I know. And the, and the sad part about it is because we have so few subs going on right now. Um, you know, it's like, well, let's just, you know, give me the, give me the estimates and, and where am I going to be and what are my overages? 
They don't have time to do the work, let alone sit down and do their paperwork or do their billing or run by the house again and do an estimate for what it was going to be here or there. And, and, you know, they think just, we'll just send them over there. First of all, they're subs. They don't work for me. I am not their boss. Mm -hmm. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not their boss. I can't make them go anywhere or do Mm -hmm. anything. And you'd mentioned before, uh, before we actually, the episode started, you were talking about how to uh, buy this and hey, I'll just buy land, you know, way out here and, and I'll build a house and mm-hmm. it'll be so much cheaper than, you know, buying in the middle of town where it's mm-hmm. expensive to buy a lot and build a house. Well, your problem with buying land way out mm-hmm. is good luck getting your subs to go out there because mm-hmm. if, if it's a, you know, if it's going to take me 20, 30 minutes outside of town to get there, that's an hour out of their day yeah, that they're yeah. not, they're not going to get paid. They're not getting any work done. And it's way the heck out of the way. Mm-hmm. So what do you, it's the last job they want to do. It's the last job they want to go to. And, oh, and yeah. especially if it comes down to the little stuff, to, it, it, like till the, towards the end when yeah. little bitty things start happening, you're like, I need this to finish that. I need that to finish this. Mm-hmm. You can't get them to go out there because it's an hour out of their day to do a 10 minute job that they're not getting paid for. Well, even if, but on top of that, like, I mean, even in town type, you know, cause like the land that she was getting was actually like, right in it wasn't like far out or anything like that but finding just finding a builder in general who would do it mm-hmm. in less than two years first person first builder said two years yep the second, that's probably legitimate the, yeah. the second one and I was like um you know then I was like I'll, I'll um what about like some tiny home builders and stuff and so uh, I called I called a tiny home builder he's he's at least uh like a year to year and a half out mm-hmm. um and, and so I was like I I don't know if you know anybody else and this person is from out of town, you know, right. but I'm like, basically this is kind of like what you're coming into, yep. you know, that's what and you're I think that's probably two years. the biggest thing is, is that is, is the laying out realistic expectations for people. Oh yeah. They look and at I, you like you're crazy. Right. I mean, <laughs> but good because rather, you know, under promise over deliver yes. than on the other end, because you're going to run into hell if you, you know what I mean? Have to deal with the devil of a client. If you, if that, well, they're mad at you. They're, exactly. they're, they're extremely pissed off at you when you say that. And you know, that's, that is one of those things you've got to really lay it out and go, you know, yes, my intention is to get this done in a year, but realistically, this is a year and a half job. I need you to be ready for a year and a half. So you need to plan whatever your temporary housing is. You need to make sure that you can stay there month to month after your lease runs mm-hmm. out or that you can, you can re, you know, re up your lease for a half a year, you know, mm-hmm. before you go off, yeah. you know, half cocked or again, come into, Hey, I want to buy a new house. Great. That's okay. We don't know when it's going to be done. When is your lease up? You mm-hmm. know, are you renting? Where, where are you staying? What are you doing? It's that first conversation is, can you continue to keep staying there? Cause it's usually where it gets down to the very end. It's usually the last 60, 30 to 60 days buyers are frantic. One, they don't have anywhere else to go. Their stuff, you know, their moving truck is already scheduled or they have to get it out of storage or they can't stay with family anymore. Let's just go down that road. That's lots of fun. Um, Mm -hmm. we have, we have Mm -hmm. one where they're staying with family and now the family is now calling us. I'm like, (laughs) that'd be my mom. Yeah, there you go. I'm like, okay, stop calling. You're not my client. Please stop calling me and I'm not going to talk to you. Um, I can't share with you anyway. You're not the client. Um, But I mean, it is, I mean, that's one of those things, but you've got to plan that ahead of time and have that conversation. Don't wait till the last minute and go, well, I have to be out by the end of the month. Where am I going to go? And I'm like, as the builder, it's not my problem. I know. It is not my problem. And you know, you want to try to rush and force me to get something done. One rushing me and forcing me to get something done. I'm That's probably going to miss, well, I'm going to miss something and it's probably going to cause a problem, which is going to be super terrible later. And then you're going to be mad at me anyway. So mm. you're mad at me one way or the other. Mm. It doesn't really make a difference. You could be mad at me right now for something that is not, you know, that I don't have any control over. Um, yeah. Cool. Be mad all day, but I'm going to do my job the right way. Right. And finish your house the right way. The right way. Yeah. So that you are happy with me mm. after you move in. You don't have to call me back and go, this doesn't work. Well, mm. sorry. Didn't mean yeah. um, you rush me. Exactly. <laughs> you know. All right. Going next, next thing too, of, you know, the process and, and, and preparing buyers for new construction. Um, the other part is, uh, utilities. I think it's hilarious. They all want to try to go get their utilities before they close. It's not like a norm. It's not like a normal resale home where there's already established utilities at the house. Half the time, I'll tell you right now, like right now the gas company is, it takes us forever. Used to, they wouldn't put gas to a house until we had it bricked. Well now, because we can't get brick or we can't get the masons out there to get the brick on, they'll actually agree to go ahead and put gas in before brick. Um, but the gas was usually the last, the gas manager was usually the last thing that came, um, when it came time to find, do the final hookup on the furnace. 
mm-hmm. um, for the home. And so, but the gas meter, well, people always, you know, when you're, when you're moving on a resale house, usually the week before, or two weeks before you tell the buyer to call and get the utility set up in your name. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with new construction. Mm-hmm. You're not going to, they're not there. They call the gas. Meter. We don't have that address. Nope. Sure don't. Cause the gas, you know, the gas meter's not even there yet. So, you know, getting utilities into their name is usually done day of closing or the day after. And this builders all know that we'll have a couple days of, you know, back and forth, but you can't, you know, a buyer can't go get the utilities done prior to closing because mm-hmm. we're typically at the very end getting all those things put together. Um, Wait, so they, but they can, so do the builders, do you guys typically um, assist with that and like no. if you don't have a no the builder that no they just have to wait until they just have to wait until close it's usually closing day closing or day after over. it's usually when they do it and we know that we'll have a couple days here or there that the builder will pay you know oh, the okay. buyer's already closed but it that's right. part of that's built, no, again, again that's built into my it. fee that's yeah. built into my fee because I don't want you going two or three weeks ahead of time that well, we don't have gas I know you don't have a gas meter yet we're waiting <laughs> on it uh you know it's just another you know yeah. don't it's, but again, as an agent, you should be helping them saying, you're not going to do your utilities usually until the day of closing or after, or ask the builder, when would you want me to do the switchover utilities? I mean, I just went through it with my daughter's mm-hmm. house. We just finished my daughter's house and they're like, uh, and we, they moved in. I'm like, we don't have a trash can. I said, it's because utilities aren't your name. <laughs> I said, they don't deliver trash cans, you know, when the builders, you know, yeah. put it in there. So, I mean, it's kind of funny. It's just things yeah. like that that you don't think about, especially for first time home buyers or, yeah. you know, or for, uh, you know, or new construction home, it's it's just completely different yeah. than it is with a with a resale house. You know, same thing with making sure um, you know warranties, and that's one of the things you really need to ask in the beginning before you write a contract for a buyer. Does the builder have a written mm-hmm. and I said written, written okay warranty that they can either share with you, you can see, or do they get at closing? Um, and you know, my my advice to you is any reputable builder has a written warranty. Um, it's protection for the builder just as much as it is as the buyer. Yeah. Um, to say this is what I will take care of and this is what I will not take care of. And this is what is completely out of my control, aka it's usually concrete. Um, I can't mm. help it. Concrete is what it is. It's done by weather, the earth moves. Well, I can't of, control. Kind of like the building in Florida. Oh, yeah, well, the glass that was a concrete issue, wasn't yeah. it? I, I don't know. I don't know. But, but here's the thing is that it, most people, they get mad, you know, those cracks in my driveway. And I'm like, I, yeah, it happens. Right. It happens. I don't know what to tell you there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, but concrete, you, but having that written warranty of what is covered, mm-hmm. what is not covered. Honestly, like I said, that's one of the questions in the beginning. If you're going to, if you're going to interview builders and you're going to, or write a contract on a new construction house, I would be asking, what's my warranty? And will you provide me a copy to look at? prior to me writing a contract. Cause your buyer needs to know that this whole, mm-hmm. you know, excuse me, you get them into, you get them under contract and you get to the end. They're like, okay, it's time for warranty. And the buyer goes, this doesn't cover anything. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you the, the, the warranty is usually based on the subs work and all that, like your HVAC, your appliances, those all have their own warranties that come from the company who built the appliance or built the HVAC system. Mm-hmm. So your, your builder is not your HVAC problem. Mm-hmm. Your HVAC is mm-hmm. usually registered and you call the HVAC company and mm-hmm. go, Hey, here's my problem. Here's where we are. Or if you're your refrigerator or your dishwasher or whatever it is, you know, that's been put in, you're going to call the company that made the, the, mm-hmm. um, the actual appliance. So th- just know that those are kind of things you need to make sure at the end, you're, you're advising your client to make sure they get those, you know, what do I need to make sure my, my HVAC is registered um, so that I get my warranty on, you know, it's usually, it's usually two years on your uh, two to five years, depending on your company, on your HVAC system. Um, same thing with your appliances. It's usually a year um, on things that can go wrong on those new appliances, but make sure your, your buyer is getting those, all the paperwork that came with all of those appliances and the HVAC to so make sure the paperwork is generally the builder leaves them in a drawer in the house. I mean, mm-hmm. it's typically where they are, but that's one of those things to look for in your final walkthrough or to ask about before you close is where's all my paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know some builders in our area that some that'll take it all and put it on the book and hand it to the buyer at closing. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, others just leave it in a drawer at the house and go, here you go. Here's all your crap. Uh, the there you go. There you go. Have it all. Um, <laughs> you know what? I mean, as long as it's there. Right. Yeah, I mean, it all good. Whatever matter. you want to deliver it, cool. But as long yep. as it's there. Exactly. I, I still have a box. I mean, I built my house five years ago. I still have a box with all that crap in it. And it's still there. <laughs> same box. I just threw it all in a box and said, here you go. Um, but it's there if I, you know, if I ever needed it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's one of those, you know, things you need to look at and things you need to make sure you're advising the buyer that they have and can do before they close. Um, let's see. What else is different on the buyer side of it? You know, you make sure I said lender, we need to talk about that. Their living conditions <laughs> or not conditions, they're living uh, where they're living and can they stay there? Um, and, and you know, what, 
what is realistic on when you get down to the end and what is closing day and what actually happens. And a lot of times it's getting that certificate of occupancy, which we call the COO mm-hmm. um, or a CFO. I think I've heard called all those things. Um, but it's the it's certificate of occupancy. So that certificate of occupancy, um, that is basically the the city or the county or the governing body's way of saying, yes, we've gone through the house and it may, you know, it's checked all the boxes per code, as they say, per code um, of it's done. The house is ready to be occupied. It is allowed to be occupied. And we've had a lot of buyers, especially in the situation where they haven't been able to stay in their place or their storage hasn't been, or their moving companies, you know, moving vans coming or whatever it is. And they're like, well, can we just put stuff in the garage? When a new construction, the answer to that is no. Um, you know, the cities do not allow anything to be in the home. And the problem is, well, the garage, we're not living in the house. The problem is when you let somebody put stuff in the garage, they typically start putting scrap in the house. And then mm-hmm. they tend to, oh, we'll just stay here. It's no big deal. You know, and that's the problem. So mm-hmm. the city, pretty much the cities here, at least in our area, are like, no, you can't even put stuff in the garage because it tends, to, it tends to lead down mm-hmm. to, well, it's here. We can do there. Oh, we'll just, we'll just move it in. We'll just put one thing inching in the house. Up, inching we'll just, in. Yeah, there you go. It, there's perfect. Yep. Mm-hmm. Inching in. That's exactly what it is. And so they, they pretty much say no. So that's one of those things that buyers understand. No, your crap needs to stay in storage, plan for it to be there or sit the moving truck out in the deal. So that's another thing too, is making sure you have that certificate of occupancy before the buyers. And a lot of times too, the lender is not going to let you close either without that. And they mm-hmm. shouldn't um, because the house needs to be available to occupy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, per the city for the, for the loan to be good um, on the house. And so a lot of times that's usually it. One of the biggest problems I will say and it's either spec houses or custom homes, but it's more of a problem in custom homes because people tend to start adding things in the end or the extras or the mm-hmm. upgrades or whatever it is. And some builders charge you up front for those. Some builders will charge you an additional non-refundable um, deposit um, because it's above and beyond what the house would probably be worth mm-hmm. or what you're paying for it under your contract mm-hmm. price. And so those extras or upgrades, the problem with that is that, you know, the real estate appraiser gets the contract, right? Mm-hmm. And it says there can be upgrades or here's the price of upgrades. Well, if the appraiser doesn't know what the upgrades are and it could or does affect the value of the home, the appraiser has to know what those are. Mm-hmm. So if you don't, and of course, the last two years hasn't mattered because houses have appreciated at mm-hmm. double digits. So it didn't really matter what the upgrades were at this mm-hmm. point. But in a typical normal market, the appraiser really needs to know what those upgrades are. Well, here's my problem as a builder. Do you know when I get an invoice for things? Sometimes it's a month later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea what it is. And until I'm bugging the either the sub or the vendor to get me that invoice or the price of the upgrade or the cost of the upgrade, you know, there's a fine line between being annoying and pissing them off. Yeah. Um, you know, and I can call them every day and ask. But if you get to the point where you make them mad, are they going to show up and work? Right. Are they going to avoid you now? You're affecting a relationship there. You are affecting your relationship. And so it's it's really hard when you have all these going on and every appraiser is calling you. One, they're wanting to know when the house is done. I'm like, I'll let you know when the house is done. Please stop texting, calling, and emailing me. I promise you the minute I know I get to that point where you can go in. Mm -hmm. And most appraisers want to see the whole entire house finished. Well, guess when that is? Usually closing day. Mm -hmm. Guess when the appraisal needs to be in? Usually a week ahead of time for the lender to get it through to underwriting and underwriting get to the three days before so they can send out the disclosures to the buyers. Mm -hmm. So it's typically the the appraisal needs to be done at least a week before closing. So how does that work? How does that work then? (laughs) Well, what ends up happening is the appraiser generally goes out early and not everything is done, right? So they mark all the things that need to be done and they send it back to the lender that says it appraises, but these things are not finished. Well, guess what the lender says? All these things have to be finished before we can close. Of course they do. Mm -hmm. And that's logical and that's okay. But the problem is, guess who has to make sure they're there? The appraiser, which Mm -hmm. means the buyer is going to get charged another reinspect fee to go out and make sure those things are done. So the buyer is going to get charged another fee by the appraiser. Because, I mean, the appraiser has has to take an hour, go drive over there, spend his gas and his time to go checkbox, 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 done, done, done. Appraisal, you know, house is finished. So you need to understand that typically your appraisal is always going to cost you more on a new construction because you're going to get an additional fee Mm -hmm. for a reinspect at the end. And here's another one. If you escrow things, generally an appraiser has to go back and make sure they're done, which means there's another fee for that. And for the first time ever as a builder, I was charged that fee to get my escrow money out. And And again, I will make sure this will never happen to me as the builder side because I was not told it was $400 out of my escrow money, you know, they kept some of the seller's money because they didn't finish the yard and the fence, like we talked about, because mm-hmm. they can't get sod. 
Well, when I went to say, hey, the side of, you know, they sent the appraiser out, charged me for a $400 fee for the processing of the appraiser going out and the lender to process the paperwork to release my money to me because we finished the yard. I'm like, why is the builder was I? This is a buyer's responsibility. Well, the buyer's already closed. We're not collecting the money from them. So I would tell you, that's one of those things as a builder. I'm like, I'll be checking and making sure this is done. What? I know I got charged the fee. So, which I mean, it is what it is. It's not the end of the world. It wasn't really the amount of money. It was the fact that this yeah. lender, this lender, I, I, so I told, I looked at my partners Goodbye. and I'm like, I will never, never take, I will never allow to sell a house to a buyer who uses this lender again. First of all, it was that I took me forever to get my money back, but that was the first problem. Second problem is they charged me mm-hmm. fees okay. to get yeah. my money back. Um, but what anyway, so but know that that an appraiser is typically going to cost a buyer more on a new construction house because they have to go back and reinspect because they can't wait to the last minute to do their full appraisal report on the home. But so they, that's typical for them, like mm-hmm. in any new construction much. For, for an appraiser to come to, go twice. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you want to close on time, I mean, that, and that's your problem is coming down to. I will tell you, I don't know of any new construction that's ever closed on time. I'm just going to be super honest. It, you know, you're depending on the weather, you're depending on other people to show mm-hmm. up, you're depending on this, you know, the appraiser, when, the, when can they go out? When can this be done? When can that be done? I've, I've never had one that's typically closed on time. I and mean, that's one of those, if you have a buyer, I would definitely advise them that they need to plan a minimum of 30 to 60 days after mm-hmm. what the original closing date is to be prepared, to be able to stay, be able to store your stuff and know what's going to happen with your loan. Or if windows get stolen, on your um, yeah, I mean, house that's it, being built for you. It, it's going to take another two months. Yeah, it's super <laughs> awesome. happened with my situation with my, my clients. Yep. I mean, it, 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 you know, it does. Like, it, what do we do? What do we do? I was like, oh my gosh, uh, how do I fight for them? I, uh, you know, but you it's can't. Like, I mean, there's nothing. Right. You, you are completely helpless. Powerless. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Completely in that. And it, you know, things happen. I mean, that's a super unfortunate mm-hmm. issue as far as that, but I mean, it happens at things, you know, we've had things disappear on job sites too. So that's, again, that's another, I don't know those risks of being a builder. You, you take care of that part of it. So back to, back to your buyers. So it's going to cost you more for your appraisal. Um, you know, getting down to the end, it is, you know, your next problem is doing that inspection. Everybody says, do I have to do it? Do I have to, do it? it's new construction. Do I need to pay for an inspection? The answer is yes. Um, human beings built this home. They are human. Um, the city inspectors can miss things. The subs can miss things, you know, things happen. Um, so yes, you need to pay for an inspection. Um, and, and here's the thing. <laughs> I love seeing this because as they put my back, my real estate broker and my real estate hat on, I get an, uh, our inspection repair report. Um, and we fill out the forms in our state that go with it and send it along. And it says, See attached. That's all it says. I'm like, I can see just fine. I see it. That is not good representation as your buyer, you know, for your buyer's agent. As a buyer's agent, you must go through that list with the buyer. Is this important? Because some of the things that are on that list are uh, suggestions by the inspector. They're not code. Mm-hmm. And most builders are going to build the code. That's it. Because that's mm-hmm. all your subs are going to, that's your sub standards are the, are the codes that they have to follow in their particular profession. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of the stuff is overkill. Some of the stuff is for better maintenance. Some of the stuff is easier for the homeowner to take care of. So they're not necessarily required mm-hmm. per code. Um, but I love just saying see attached. That's not the way that works. You make a punch list. You know, you walk through the house. Some builders want you to walk through the house early. Some want you to wait till the end. You know, that's where I said, there's not a standard practice, but at some point you're going to have an inspection. And I would tell you, you need to wait till almost every, you know, carpet is not going to kill anything, right? You know, carpet is Mm -hmm. not affect the functionality of anything in your Mm -hmm. home. So, you know, that's one of those things when you get to a point, you know, if all the plumbing fixtures are in, all the light fixtures are in, all the things that need to work, you know, the appliances are all in and hooked up, Mm -hmm. you know, the water's turned on, the gas is turned on, all the things, you know, that's when you need to do your inspection. You know, you can, you know, the final insulation that's over the garage, and that's one of the last things we do, you know, that doesn't have to be in. Yes, we know it's not there. It's going to be there. You know, yes, your inspector is going to point that out, but you know, we know it's not going to be there. You'll see it um, when mm-hmm. it gets put in. So it's one of those things is get that inspection done and get it back to the builder. Because remember, a lot of those things are those little bitty things. And guess what? The subs don't get paid for the little bitty things. They've already gotten paid for the big job. So what do they not want to do? The little bitty things. Mm-hmm. So when you, the day before closing or the day of or the day after, which we've recently um, experienced, we receive that punch list of items that need to be fixed. And they're like, well, we're moving in. I'm like, 
how do you want me to fix these things if you are living in the home and you won't let me in and I can't get in? And I, can't, I mean, so, so please, yeah. you know, think about this from the from the builder's perspective. You want everything done before you move in. Then you need to give us time. You need to do the inspection uh-huh. and give us enough time to get the subs out there to fix all these little bitty things that need to be addressed. Is the period not the same as, is uh, like, how does that work? Um, you know, cause when you go in a contract with a, a, a house that's already built, you know, right. and you've got the 10 day, yep. 10 business day for inspections so like that. Like when, when are, when are you, so with the inspection, you said once, basically once the stuff is in, like once the water and yep. all the fixtures and stuff is in, yep. like you can get it done. Like how are they supposed to know that? Like, do the builders tell them, hey, we're this amount of days out? or, or how They should. Work? And it's in the contract. That is, so in our new construction contracts in our state, it tells you you can do so many days before closing or so many days after their certificate of occupancy. There's different options to tell the buyer when to do the inspection. Okay. We're typically 15 days before closing because by that time, we usually have the heat and air is in, you know, the gas is turned on, the plumbing, the electrical fixtures are all up and running and going. You know, ours is usually we want, we want a full two weeks to be able to get the list, get, you know, get my subs back out there and plenty of time to get all the, because your problem is one thing leads to another, get back to one thing leads to another. If the plumber doesn't fix this, the, the, you know, or the, the granite guy needs to do this before the plumber can do this, or the electrician has to do this before the plumber can do that. There's so many things that happen in the, in a sequence. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've got one sub who can't make it there for a week, that next sub can't come in till this sub is done. Mm-hmm. You're pushing that time period. And mm-hmm. so you kind of, you know, two weeks is usually a pretty good time period. I would tell you good, good rule of thumb. Now every bill, back to every builder is different. That's the, in the very beginning, when you write the contract and you finally come to a price and you're at an agreement, it's, you know, the buyer and the builder need to have a conversation or the buyer's agent and the builder need to have a conversation. How do you want this to go? Who do you want to talk to? How do you, and like for us, for customs, I don't want to talk to the agent every time I talk to the buyer. That is, that is too many. And when you start looping people through the middle of stuff, stuff gets lost in translation mm-hmm. in the middle and things don't happen right. So typically a builder will want to have direct contact to a buyer mm-hmm. and only talk to the agent when we need to do new paperwork or, you know, deal with money or anything like that. Then yes, we'll, we'll loop the agent in, but at some point it's the buyer and the builder direct until a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's, and that's, you know, as the buyer's agent, you should be checking with your buyer don't bug the builder because nine times out of the 10, the buyer already knows the answer. Mm-hmm. And we have that. We've had that several times where the agents has no idea what's going on and they'll keep asking us. They're like, your buyer knows exactly what's going mm-hmm. on. You need to talk to your buyer. Uh, I get it. They're wanting to make sure that they, they seem like they're in the know to their buyer. And, yeah. And, in this, and, and, and this, not, that's good to know. It's honorable that you want to do that. And I think mm-hmm. that's great. But the problem is you're causing more problems with the builder than you are looking good in front of your client. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. The buyer knew they were talking to the builder all along. It isn't a big deal. So it's okay for the buyer and the builder to talk and for the buyer to come back and go, oh, hey, Mr. Agent, we did this. Oh, great. And like I said, us as builders, and take off my real estate hat again and go back to the side of the builders, you know, we will let the agent know when we need paperwork or if we're going to deal with money or if things are different as far as contractually and your representation of things you need to do. But I don't need to go through you to ask them what color their tile is or what Mm -hmm. color their paint is. You don't need to be involved in those. It's Mm -hmm. a waste of your time too. be okay with letting the builder take over over here. It's probably just good, I guess, from the jump, like telling, like letting your client know uh, that that's how the process is going to work because I think that it would be easy to expect that your agent is going to be there with you, you know, whenever you're doing these things and whatnot. And And even for an agent to, to, you know, to not know like, Oh, okay. We don't need to be there. You know what I mean? Cause like, you want them there. That's great. And that's the buyer's choice to want their buyer's agent to be there with them. That's totally okay. But the builder and the buyer can have conversations without the agent. It really is okay. And I know, I think a lot of where we run into kind of issues for us is that we're all licensed. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of feel like, well, it's the agent talking to the agent. I'm not talking to your buyer about representation. Mm-hmm. I'm talking I to your buyer as a builder. As a build, I have my builder hat on. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, you know, we can yeah. do dual agency in our state. It's like buyer hat, seller hat. Mm-hmm. I wear a buyer hat with the buyer. I wear a seller hat with the seller. And they don't crisscross and I don't share information with either other side. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not doing that. So I think, you know, because we're licensed, I think it's a little bit different for us. But it's okay for the buyers to talk directly to the builder. But again, mm-hmm. it's back to that. That's that conversation. How does the end of this look? Where do you, and you know, Ask me in the beginning and just say, hey, what's your process? When do you want us to do the blue tape walkthrough? Somebody, what's a blue tape walkthrough? I'm like, that's where you take painter's tape. And it can be blue, purple, whatever. They make all different colors, but it's always, it used to always be just blue. Um, but you take blue tape and you mark all the little places that you want fixed via paint or, mm-hmm. you know, 
maybe some drywall or a hole in the trim or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. You're going to go through and mark all those things. Mm-hmm. Ask the builder when, when they, when they want that done. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like I said, some builders are different than others on that process and what they do and how they do it. But that is, you know, that's one of those things, ask in the beginning and then confirm when you start getting closer to that time period. And like I said, usually the last 30 days, usually the builder will let you know um, kind of what's going to happen or where you're at or what you're going to do. Um, here's the next thing is <laughs> again, back to that appraiser. <laughs> I forgot about this. When you're, when we talk about upgrades with an appraiser, um, you know, not knowing what those upgrades are, it, that's, it's really hard um, to get those amounts and, and what they are and what they're for early. And so it always comes down to the end of getting that price. Cause most buyers want to add it onto the price of the house mm-hmm. and put it into their financing. Um, there are some buyers who will write a check, but nine times out of 10, they want to add it to the mm-hmm. price and they're bringing a check anyway. It just, you know, it mm-hmm. depends on what they, what, what maybe they have a percentage of their down payment. Maybe they're doing, you know, 10, 15, 20% down. Well, you know, obviously when you add the, the extras on top of there, it changes that 20%. Um, but it's really hard to get those numbers. And a lot of agents don't understand the process of what the builder has to go through to get those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, because it literally, like I said, some of the last stuff, you know, like the carpet's generally the last thing that goes in in a house cause you don't want it ruined. Right. So you're saving it to the very last. I don't want anybody else in here. I don't want the, you know, I don't want the painters in here. I don't want anybody in here. I want the carpet to be the last thing that goes in there to save it, protect it, keep it from getting dirty. And you know, if they've got upgrade on the carpet, like I said, it can be a month before I'm getting an invoice. So I'm having to call every day and ask, you know, I need this invoice amount. I need this invoice amount. I need this invoice. I need this invoice. And, and again, goes, it's really hard to do, but that appraiser did, they don't add those upgrades on there and it doesn't appraise. You know, then they're, then you've got more problems coming down, you know, then maybe the buyer doesn't qualify or this or that and the other. So it's really, you know, it's, it's a fine dance for the builder, appraiser, buyer, agent, all down, you know, last that last 60, 90 days, it's kind of ugly. Um, and that's generally where agents get super frustrated with a builder. And I, and I get the frustration. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I see both sides of it. Um, you know, cause it's really hard. Cause a lot of times the builders are so caught up in keeping everything in order and keeping it in line and keeping everybody, you know, scheduled and showing up when they're supposed to. And that that constant text call email that mm-hmm. you're constantly hitting them with over and over and over again, they're having to stop their process, answer it, then go back to their process, something's going to get missed, which means it's either going to be on your house or somebody else's house. They're going to miss something because you're constantly bugging the crap out of them. Mm-hmm. And so as much as I get your point, we see you the first time, we hear you the first time, don't continue to keep asking over and over again. Because what's human nature? When somebody bugs the crap out of you, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, ignore them. Uh, mm-hmm. There you go. It's human nature. It's human nature. So just keep that in mind when you're trying to communicate with a builder. Um, and sometimes here's your, here's your next problem problem. too. Here's And this is a great thing to know for, for an agent as well. Is the builder the actual owner of the property or is the builder working for an investor who owns the property? And the only way for you to know this is, is is the builder's name different than the person's name who signed the contract? Because the person's name who signs the contract on the real estate, because you're selling real estate, right? Mm -hmm. Is the investor or the owner. It's not the builder. So Mm -hmm. we, as as builders too, we build for a couple investors. Um, And so the person who signs the contract is not the person you're talking to, is not the actual builder. So just know that when, and and as as an agent and a buyer, you need to understand if you're communicating with a builder and something is going to change money, you know, money is going Mm -hmm. to exchange hands the investor needs to be a part of that conversation because mm-hmm. the investor owns the property. So it all going to come down in the end to the investor. I don't care if the builder says, and this is where I've, we've had this issue in our office as the real estate broker here, where a buyer wrote a check for an extra or an upgrade to the builder. Mm. Builder didn't tell investor. Mm. So when we came time to close and it was a quote, a, dep- a non an additional non-refundable deposit when it came time to close it had not been put down on paper and nobody had signed a document which means the buyer's agent was mm-hmm. not doing their job the builder and the investor were in a fight well, so the money written to the builder is gone and the mm. investor has to eat it and the investor has to go after the builder because that's between the investor and the builder mm-hmm. right but the buyer had proof that they did it and so that's how we found out who the check was written to and mm-hmm. where it had gone. But that's your that's your issue. So as a buyer's agent and a buyer, you need to understand if the builder and the investor are two different things, any money that changes hands needs to be documented 
and in the and you know in a contract, you know, do an addendum to your contract that that handles that money and make sure the investor signs it so that the investor and the builder are on the same page and everybody knows who's doing what. Now, if the and my and my advice as a buyer's agent is that check should have been written to the investor. The investor can write a check to the builder if the builder needs it to pay the bill or to buy the upgrade or you know whatever they need to do. And in this case, it was a storm shelter. That's why it was it was a it was a large it was a large amount. They were buying the storm. Basically, they were buying the storm shelter. So the builder needed the money to purchase the storm shelter mm-hmm. to install it in the house at the time it needed to be. But the investor never knew it. Like I said, and by the time we got to the end between the investor and the builder, they were in a fight. Mm-hmm. So again, to protect your buyer, you have to make sure that all all money's changing hands are documented on paper signed by both the buyer and the seller. Because the builder's not the seller. The investor is the seller. Does that make what, sense? Yeah. What, what if it's, what if it's uh, you know, the business name, uh, you know, DBA is different from the, you know, who, the Ask LLC. the question. Okay. Ask the question. Okay. You you need to know that. Okay. And you need and just straight up. I mean, and there's no reason that a seller or a builder should not tell you straight up that yeah, I don't own this property. It's owned by an investor. I'm building for an investor. If they're trying to hide something like that, you have a problem. I mean, mm-hmm. if they're hiding that, what else are they hiding? Mm-hmm. If they're hiding anything for that matter, I mean, mm-hmm. there's no reason. If you said, you know, hey, who are the partners of this business? Great, here you go. Mm-hmm. Or here's the build. You know, here's the one with because the only and because like here's the thing. I'm in two different building companies and their partnerships with other people. There's only one person in there that's the actual quote licensed contractor with the state of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other two are just partners. We're owners and we have say mm-hmm. and can sign and do whatever we need to do. And we're considered quote the builder as the company is the builder, mm-hmm. but only one of the person of the three in both of them has, a, has the contractor's license. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. But so, I mean, but again, that's going back to, you know, knowing is the builder, that's a question from the very beginning. I mean, and that's, you know, this deal that I was talking about where the money was given and the investor and the builder were fighting, there were signatures by both parties on documents. And the builder had no right to sign any document whatsoever because they weren't the owner of the property. Mm. So that's, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the agent's job. That's why you're looking in the county records. Mm-hmm. That's why you're going a little bit far. You know, if it says a corporation name, in the county records, are you looking up the, t- you know, secretary of state, who's the registered, you know, who's the registered agent of that deal? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nine times out of 10, most reputable corporations or building companies that are working will tell you who it is. And if they don't, I don't sure I'd want to do business mm-hmm. with them. That's a, that's on anything. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. building houses. That's on anything. If they're hiding something, well, I mean, hide, yeah. what why? are you hiding and why? why? Yeah, exactly. That's that's a little bit sketchy for me um, in that one. But there's just kind of some of the things. I mean, we could go on and on for days as far as all the other things. But I think we've hit hit, hit some of the things that are super important for buyers to understand mm-hmm. um, and kind of give you a little bit of perspective of the builder side of it. And good yeah. agent you know, information as well. Things, I mean, it's the same things, whether you're a buyer or an agent or the buyer's agent, mm-hmm. you know, you need to understand what these things are to help your buyer through that process and to, and to be able to know those kind of things. So that's kind of my take a little bit on that. We can, we can definitely uh, take another, take another episode to go down that road of more things. Um, we can tell you the, all the pitfalls. Uh, no, there's really not that many. It's really, it, you know, it all comes down to communication. I, mm-hmm. Honestly, everything in our business, whether it be real estate or building either one, um, it really comes down to good communication. Such um, as life, setting expectations, mm-hmm. um, all the things that you should do in every business, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, we had a great time talking about the old building process, and we'll get back to uh, a little more real estate. You know, we talked about this earlier before the before the uh, episode started. Let's talk about real estate scams. Yes, yes, yes. We yes, had a yes. fun one that happened through the office. Yeah. So was it yesterday? We'll, I believe we'll we'll chat with that one. But join us next time for real estate scams. Real estate scams will be a fun one. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Check us out on Facebook on Conversations with Kim or on our blog at wearenwa.com. That's Conversations with a K. Don't forget. See you next week.